Welcome back to the Devin Nunes podcast. Today on a very kind of dark and dismal day for our country. Uh, but look, it's true social and we're going to keep positive attitude and we're going to keep marching on. And there's nobody better to have on today than Professor Victor Davis Hansen, my friend. He's my neighbor actually in the San Joaquin Valley, the agricultural heart land of the world or the breadbasket of the world as I like to call it. Victor, today, welcome back to the show, first of all. Thank you. But also today you are coming to us from up in the mountains in the Sierra 7,200 feet. Yes. I, I'm, I was surprised that we have a connection and I just rigged up this. I've been up on the roof working on the snow damage, so I don't look like I'm normal, I guess. But uh, it's good connection. So you I kind of believe it. Yeah, good connection. You kind of look yeah. like you're a, a farmer again today. Yeah, well, I've been working each every other weekend up here to repair snow damage. Yeah, so your your house almost got burnt down. Yeah, and, it did, and then a couple years ago, and now you're it almost got crushed. <laughs> crushed in snow by snow, fire well, and ice. Well, Professor, it's uh, great to have you on. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Professor Hansen, he was he's at the Hoover Institute, longtime professor at Fresno State and at Stanford University. Uh, but one of the, I consider him to be not only a mentor and a friend, but also one of the uh, most knowledgeable guys, if not the most knowledgeable guy on the planet when it comes to being a classicist historian, looking at uh, you know the beginnings of our, the fabric of our society. And Victor, obviously uh, yesterday, uh, very sad. We'll play the video of real quick here, and then I'll get you to comment on it. Uh, but it was of uh, President Trump uh, making a visit down to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, being arrested, mugshot taken. And I have to say that I think that this mugshot probably has backfired, uh, but we'll get your opinion. But let's play the video first. What happened? If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election. And I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. Thank you very much. Now, Victor, there is no question that the elections, many elections now since 2016, have been rigged and interfered with by the Department of Justice and the FBI. Uh, you know, it could start with the 16 election. Fortunately, Donald Trump was able to pull that out. Uh, in the 18 election, it was all Russia, Russia, Russia collusion. It was all a hoax, all made up. DOJ, FBI, Mueller, they all knew about it. Fast forward to 20, you still had the remnants of that and the Ukraine impeachment hoax coupled with the, the 51 spies who lie, all very high-powered, high-level former 
military and intelligence officials who knew damn well that that Hunter Biden laptop was not Russian disinformation. And nearly all of those still hold a classified clearance today. Then you fast forward to the 2022 election. You have the raid on Mar-a-Lago on the documents hoax. Um, so the DOJ and the FBI, and they don't operate independently. I mean, they're, this is my words, not yours, but they're essentially the Gestapo, the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. I think this all leads back to Obama. Clintons and, and Bidens were, were more than willing to take advantage of it and have been. Uh, but Victor, uh, a dark day yesterday uh, in, in U.S. history, especially with the mugshot. And we'll come back to that. But I want to get your thoughts first. Yeah, you know, I can't think of a mafia dawn or a mass murder or an Islamic terrorist that was indicted in four different jurisdictions almost simultaneously and cumulatively with 91 indictments. So it's 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 bizarre. And all these people, everybody has these questions and they're never answered. And so one of the questions that people are asking is, why are they all four left wing? Couldn't there, if, if it was really an egregious example, couldn't you have a rhino or a never Trump? There's plenty of those attor local attorneys, but we don't have one. They're all left wing. Why are the trials all going to be in blue cities that will probably nullify any evidence and vote ideologically? Miami, Washington, New York, and Atlanta. Why does anybody really think that if Donald Trump had have said on January 6th, uh, well, I'm, it's controversial. I'm just going to retire. I'm done with politics. Would he be indicted now? Nobody believes that. And then you, you ask yourself, why did this just happen? They want a speedy trial. Fannie Willis said she wants to go into October and, and be ready. But where was she a year ago or two years ago? So why are they doing this right now? And why are they synchronized? And are they communicating together? And then I think also, obviously, they want to hemorrhage Trump. They want to bankrupt him, as they did, say, for example, Conrad Black or Scooter Libby. But more importantly, they're, they're trying to establish deterrence. So generic deterrence that, hey, you guys, we have the control of the institution. So join the side that's going to protect you or go, the, go to the other side. and You may be bankrupt. And then more specifically, we're going to do a lot of stuff. We're going to have Mark Zuckerberg give more, 419 million maybe. We might have Soros give 100 million. We'll try to get a guy to substitute for Bankman Freed that gave 100 million. And if you question any of that or you question anything, we're going to criminalize it. And you could be not now, not next year, but two years, you can be indicted. It costs you $250,000 just to get a lawyer. So that's the message. And then finally, I, I think each one of those prosecutors is in a very weird position. So you take Alvin Bragg, and he is going after a misdemeanor supposedly inflated into a felony campaign finance violation. There we have Hillary Clinton who pled guilty basically to, an, to a jurisdictional matter, but it was really a criminal act, and that was paying Christopher Steele hundreds of thousand dollars through the DNC and Perkins Coie and Fusion GPS, hiding that, not reporting that, lying and saying it was a campaign expense and getting charged a fine, but no criminal 
aspect to it, as in the case of Trump. If you go to Fannie Willis, if you're really going to uh, criminalize somebody who questions uh, the electors, she'd have to go after the 2016 Hollywood actors. They were coordinated by somebody because they cut about five commercials in which they they begged, they begged the electors and they said, please do not reflect the popular vote in your state. Vote your conscience and vote against Donald Trump. That was an anti-constitutional. And if you go to Jack Smith and you say, okay, you're investigating removal of classified documents, Joe Biden had them for 10 years. He had no ability to declassify them as senator or vice president. He only told you, he only told the archives, not because he had a change of heart, but because he was going after Donald Trump and somebody might see the asymmetry. So then he came forward and said, for 10 years, I have violated the law. So each one of these prosecutors, uh, could easily have used these charges against any prominent Democrat. And that's what people are angry about. Yeah. Well, Victor, we can, uh, we'll continue to talk about this, but the mugshot and let's put up, we'll put up the original mugshot. There it is. Um, Victor, I don't know what, what you think, but um, for, for a one shot take, I think that's gotta be um, one of the best mugshots I've ever seen. Uh, in terms of uh, how Donald Trump was willing to just pose one time uh, and get it right. He's got that pissed off look. And this mugshot has went all over the world almost instantaneously. He looks pretty good. I mean, everybody says he has a comb over. He looks like he has a full head of hair. He's got a nice shadow uh, uh, enhancing his look. It, it looks really good. I'm sure, though, that as I remember mugshots, don't they list the 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 arrested person's weight and everything. They're going to do all of that, Devin. I mean, they're going to get all the personal information. They're going to put it all over the internet. It may backfire. Uh, and he may find that it's the most effective fundraising um, pictorial that he has. Yeah. Well, it's already actually appeared Victor here in the San Joaquin Valley. So people are taking this mugshot and they're putting it up all over, but this was captured this morning. You know where this is at. This is down near, Porterville, California, just south of us. Uh, but they already have a digital, a digital. And those of you listening on audio, thank you very much. And don't forget, if you are listening on audio, make sure if you're paying homage to the Apple gods to give us a good rating. And don't forget to listen to the Victor Davis Hanson podcast. He does audio only. No, he's not on Rumble and video, but we're going to try to get him there one of these days. Uh, but but this is a picture. Somebody put up a digital billboard. And if you've seen those little stickers with Biden pointing that everybody puts on their gas uh at their gas station and they put it next to the price and it's got biden saying i did that it's got that sticker saying i did that pointing to trump's mugshot <laughs> and fanny willis is using it i bet or she's she's been trying to campaign because she's running again i suppose she's been bragging uh about the fact that she went after trump that's another thing that's very interesting deb and you would think that alvin bragg and latita james and fanny willis have stellar records at prosecutor, calm cities, plenty of resources uh, left over because they have reduced the rape, assault, murder, theft rate, and therefore they have this time and capital and labor to go after Donald Trump. But when you actually look at what they're doing, whether it's the Fulton County Jail or the spike in murders in all of these cities in which they're responsible for law enforcement, uh, 
They have no business going after Donald Trump. They can't do the job that's been assigned. Right. Well, and look, there's there's no question this is all being coordinated uh, out of by the Biden White House. And of course, there's a lot of um, circumstantial evidence of that. But the coordination and timing of these releases as it relates to uh, Biden's problems, I think, are quite telling. Uh, but Victor, you are a man of 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 history. Uh, it, it's there's nobody that knows more than you. But I know that you may not know this, but the next the next uh, photo we're going to put up this mugshot um, is now in Paris, France. If if you didn't know about that, and there it is. I've been there <laughs> once uh, to the. You know, but it looks like the Mona Lisa is down. Yeah. And the picture of Donald Trump's uh, mugshot is up in place of the Mona Lisa. It looks like everybody's enjoying it. So <laughs> that was courtesy of the Babel. Uh, no, no, Supreme meme. That's uh, they're on true social. Oh, wow. But uh, well, those, on audio, you've got a, a, a picture of Donald Trump there up at the, uh, what is yeah. that called, Victor? The her is it the her Hermitage? Which one? Where the Mona Lisa is at? The Louvre. Big, the Louvre. The Louvre, the, the Louvre right? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, we don't have any business lecturing anybody about democracy. We've lost all of our moral capital now. And uh, it's going to, I think the funny thing is that these, uh, as you said, these indictments are accelerating at the same geometrical rate as Joe Biden's, both his, uh, cognitive and physical decline, but more importantly, uh, to use the left's term, the walls are closing in on him because you it's not just an allegation now. You have the IRS whistleblowers coming in one direction. You have subpoena documents coming in another. You have Devin Archer uh, testimony. You have Tony Bobolinsky. You have the uh, evidence on the laptop where Hunter says he gave half his income to his dad. And then you have Ukrainian oligarchs that claim that they have evidence. So you have such a multifarious amount of evidence and witnesses and testimonies and subpoenas. I don't see how he's going to get out of it. And the fact that we're even talking about it suggests to me that the DNC and the administrative state has let up a little bit. And they're, they're sort of putting him out there to twist in the wind because uh, I don't think they feel he's a viable candidate and he'll be lucky to finish his first term. And if he were to run again, he says he is, but I doubt he is, then we, we would be sure to have Kamala Harris as vice, pre as vice president and then would become president very quickly. Yeah. Well, I want to put up Victor, the Babylon B um, also has their version of, of the Trump mugshot. There it is. And the Babylon Bee says it's got lasers in the background. It says Trump pays $12 extra to get the cool laser background mugshot. <laughs> he and paid $200,000. That's more than a murderer or a rapist or a thief plays in uh, Fulton County arrested. They're usually out in the same day. Yeah. Well, as no Trump bail. said, I mean, he's quite a flight risk. I mean, because nobody would ever see him jumping on a plane in Miami, flying off to Russia or Moscow. <laughs> and of course, you know, the Secret Service would just go along with him uh, escaping out and flying his jet over the Atlantic, uh, landing in Moscow. I mean, it makes perfect sense that he's a flight risk. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see just, how it works. Just the joking, by the way, for the fake news, Victor, you always have to clarify. That was sarcasm, fake news. Not, It's not me saying that he's a flight risk. Well, we don't know what the repercussions are going to be. That's what it's a, a great unknown because I think most people feel they're not really going to put him on trial. They're not really going to convict him. They're not really going to sentence him to jail. And every time you've had that feeling, they were not really going to do it. They really did do it. And that's, that's what's sort of scary about it. That, yeah. And I don't know if that'll, I, I think if they did put him in the Fulton County jail, I, I think you can, most of the legal scholars suggest that you can still run for president. Yeah. There's no, you can pardon yourself when you become president, I suppose. Yeah. Well, we're just in uncharted territory here. Yeah, it's nobody knows. And there's no precedent for any of this. We've never seen it before. The only thing that's close about Biden is that about his health, you could argue that uh, nobody thought FDR should would finish his fourth term. His blood pressure was about 200 over 100 in late summer 1944. So they scrambled. They had a Camilla Harris problem. And. uh Dewey was using that, that they were going, that FDR might not finish his term and they were going to get a communist uh, as, you know, as the president. Henry Wallace was his vice president. He would be president. And so what did the Democrats do? They scrambled around and kicked off Wallace and brought in Harry Truman for the express purpose of running somebody they knew was not up to the job and would be dead very quickly. And he died, I think, on April 1st of 1945, right, not even halfway through his first year. And then Truman came in. But they had the same Kamala Harris problem, except they were substituting one white male that was a hard leftist for another liberal Democrat. But we've never seen, we've never had a African-American female vice president and much less Will anybody in the Democratic Party get rid of Kamala Harris? It's politically impossible. And so well, if he should should run, or I, I'm a, I, you know what, I this is all unprecedented, but I have I think there's a 50-50 chance Joe Biden might not be able to, to serve out the next year and a half. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I think it's even higher than that. And it's they're trying to blunt everything they can as it relates to the Hunter Biden problems and clearly his involvement. Um, which circumstantially speaking here, um, well, along with some hard evidence now, it's pretty clear that Biden himself has benefited from this corruption. And I mean, it's at a scale that uh, is in the tens of millions of dollars. I mean, one could argue that the Clinton Foundation did something similar, but at least I give them credit. They did it legally under existing laws and it was out out in the open somewhat. Uh, I think when you match up those donations, they clearly were matching up with Hillary Clinton running for president and other positions. Uh, she was secretary of state. Um, you know, you had Obama that, and you know, who got really exorbitant contracts with Netflix, I think, and others um, that I'm not sure that anybody ever watched those uh, episodes, but this Biden uh, issue is one that's, uh, that's serious. So he's got those legal issues and, you know, that was the whole scam in Delaware uh, with the you know phony special counsel that we have there now. Um, they were just trying to bury this, slap Hunter Biden on the wrist that would then clean up Hunter, uh, clean up Biden because um, a lot of the statute of limitations, as you're well aware, have, have expired. 
So that was a that was an inside job. Um, but oh. Victor, I mean, I think there is, you know, from the players that I know in Washington, D.C., the Democrats, the few Democrats that I still have connections to, they are very well aware who's running Washington, D.C. It is and has been Obama. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obama put up Kamala Harris to run. She got she was going to get last in Iowa. They had to, they had a Bernie Sanders problem. So Obama stepped in. They basically raised Biden from the dead. The guy had no money, no campaign. Um, and, you know, he won South Carolina. And then, of course, when people ask, well, who's going to be the vice president? I said, it's going to be Kamala Harris, because that's that's who Obama. Obama was. got all those people. He got Elizabeth Warren, Buddy Jig, right after the Nevada primary to all. And remember that they all like toy soldiers, dominoes. They all got out and gave it. One of the things, though, was weird, I think, about Hunter's legal problems in the DOJ was this story that came out last week that his lawyer was leveraging Weiss for a good deal by threatening to call Joe Biden as a favorable witness. And then Biden's handlers, when they looked at that, thought, wow, he might have to be under oath and he might have to swear that he had never discussed any of Hunter's business with him, never profited for him. He could perjure himself. But it brings up a larger question of this weird relationship with Hunter Biden, because in the laptop communications, he voices a real anger at his father. And he says that he has to give half of his income and he's paying the actual utilities for the Biden and uh, Joe and Jill residents. And then when you collate that with the fact that He's under scrutiny, and you would think that the last thing that Hunter Biden, the first son, would do would be to contest a child support suit and bring more notoriety to the president and then enter this crazy paint-by-numbers artistic career where he's shaking down donors right when he's under examination. And so what I'm getting at is the tone and the text of the laptop communications with all these other things, it almost seems like Hunter Biden is telling Jim Biden and Jill Biden and Joe Biden, look, I was the bag man and I'm not going to go down. So you better make sure that I am exempt because that it's very extraordinary. Why would they spend such enormous political capital with David Weiss who's got a reputation for really going after financial criminals and ruin his reputation with his sweetheart deal. It was so egregious that judge threw it out and then putting the Fox in the hen house by making him special counsel. What that illustrates is they got, they must've got together and said, look, I don't care how bad it looks or how conflict of interest it is. It's still better than having, a real special counsel go after our family because that's what it would, would take. That is toxic. That's a third rail. I don't care. Just stop it. Do whatever you have. And the links to which they resist subpoenas and they go after whistleblowers, it's, it shows you there's a real, I guess you'd call it existential terror that this stuff's going to get out and they know it. Yeah. And they seem to be able to control everyone. So as luck have it, has it, Victor, the good thing about going live on Rumble uh, is that and when there's breaking news, we get to report on it. We've got thousands of people watching right now. Thank you for watching. Those of you listening to it later, you'll probably know more than we know now, Victor, but it's actually just on point. Uh, this just broke since we came on the air. 
Uh, but the New York Post is reporting there's an interview by Fox's Brian Kilmeade with um, Victor Shokin uh, that he believes that the 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 Bidens were bribed, which I think we I think we know that. But this is now on um, on the record from Shokin. Uh, it looks like in a what appears to be I don't know if, if Kilmeade went must have went over to uh, Ukraine, uh, but it's going to be released. Uh, today, I guess it just got released. You know, that's really important, uh, Devin. You know, we've had three impeachments and one threatened one. We had Andrew Johnson impeached, and we had Bill Clinton impeached, and we had Donald Trump, and Richard Nixon was facing an impeachment. But they all were for generic high crimes and misdemeanors. Nobody said any of those three and maybe Nixon four was facing bribery and treason. Those are the only specific crimes that are specifically listed in the constitution as an elaboration or a clarification of high crimes and misdemeanors. But if Joe Biden took money from a foreign country, that's the first thing that's in the constitution, you know, bribery. But if he altered U.S. foreign policy for his own interest and not the interest of the country, i.e., if there were diplomatic communications that said, as, as reported, that Victor Shokin was making progress to root out corruption, and therefore they felt that he was a legitimate prosecutor and they were going to green light this foreign aid. And Joe Biden went over there, contrary to the State Department and the government policy, and single-handedly threatened him threatened Ukraine to fire him, and he changed U.S. foreign policy for his own benefit, then that's treason. And so well, he's, really getting, he's, he's really getting close because he's sort, of, he's sort of defining what the Constitution said is a impeachable offense. Well, and Victor, we know that the policy was in fact changed because of the great work by John Solomon with Just the yes. News, who's a friend of our podcast, and actually the Victor Davis Henson podcast is... Yes. Uh, also associated with just the news. Uh, but John Solomon broke this story uh, this week and we'll put, we'll get that story and get it up on the screen. Uh, but th that the official position of the state department and our government was that Shokin was doing a good job. Yeah. So, um, and within a matter of weeks, that was, that was changed. And I think that's kryptonite. And I, the next interesting story, Devin, and I watched it in 73, with Richard Nixon and the Republicans. And Nixon, by the way, you could, he was right when he said he was not a crook. You could say that he abused power or he tried to weaponize various branches of governments, but nobody said that he took money or that he was treasonous and altered the policy of the United States government for his own personal benefit. But what's gonna be very interesting is even Nixon and you saw a little bit with Clinton, when you start seeing people peel off and, and you have to ask yourself of all these house members in purple districts or maybe 15 senators in purple districts, all Democrats are gonna be up for reelection in 2024. If this continues to, to, to go in this trajectory, what are they gonna do in three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks? At some point, they're gonna have to distance themselves from Joe Biden, because if not, they're going to give campaign ads a bonanza for the Republicans. They're just going to show these guys making these statements that are completely false uh, in behalf of a of a 
person who's a crook. And so I think you're going to see very quickly if this story continues to accelerate, they're going to be starting to backpedal and we don't know. And at some point they'll put pressure on Joe Biden to step down. Yeah. Well, and there's clearly he's having his health challenges, whether or not. So it's either going to be the criminal element of this. But I have I think DOJ and FBI are totally hopeless at this point. I think there's very little chance of that happening. I think they're going to continue to sweep it under the rug. Um, but it's going to be Obama pushing him out or some type of, of health scare if Obama can push him out. I mean, that's the danger you know, that Obama has, even though he's controlling the entire apparatus unless he's willing to order the so the so-called uh, kill shot on Biden, which basically tells DOJ, okay, it's time to actually indict Biden and come after him, um, which would be a catastrophe for the Democratic Party. So Obama is in this catch-22 position where he knows he's got to get rid of Biden. Uh, Biden could collapse at any day. That's a problem because I don't believe that that Obama wants Kamala Harris. I think he's He's kind of propped her up for the last four years, but I think they have to know that that's a disaster for them. So, where do they go from where do they go from here? Obama has a problem. Um, well, I, I they think can't... they're going to uh, the the criminal the criminality of Biden is going to be more tr evident every week. I don't think he gets out of it, but that's not going to be the reason they officially say that he should step down. They're going to say he has health problems. Yeah. He's a brave, great president. He was bravely fighting health problems. He gave us a relief, a reprieve from Donald Trump. He saved the country from Trump. But unfortunately, he's not up to, he's going to pass the baton. And then once he's out of office, they're going to throw him to the wind and say, you know what? We, we believe in the rule of law. And if you want to go after citizen Joe Biden, go ahead. And then that solves a lot of problems, though, for all of them, because then Gavin Newsom steps up and kept, as you pointed out, she didn't get one delegate. She won't get one delegate. She's so inept, Harris, that if they have an open primary, all the Democrats have to say is she was a wonderful vice president. Unfortunately, Joe Biden stepped down. So we have to have an open primary. We're all rooting for her, but she didn't beat Newsom. It was very sad. So Newsom will be the nominee. So, I, I so think well, the calendar here, though, is interesting. It so is. What I, what I believe, so they're up against all sorts of pressure points. Um, they are. I think in their perfect world, what they'd like to do is wait until after the primaries. And then Biden has a health issue. And then they come in and they can do it in the in the smoke filled room. Back you mean room. after he's act actually already got the nomination? At the right. Before, between after the primaries are over and essentially yes. he's got enough votes. And then suddenly, voila, oh, my gosh, there's a health issue. And then they all meet secretly. And then and then Newsom uh, is potentially the guy. But I would throw this out, Victor, that that Newsom is clearly running. But as you know, Newsom's got his own power structure yeah. in, in California, his own little. It's like a fight within the Politburo system because you've got the Sanders wing, Sanders Warren wing. You've got Obama still who still reigns superior. You're going to have some Biden people and you've got kind of the Newsom San Francisco group uh, that are trying to they're going to have to vie for this. So, you know, I don't know if, you know, it really would take an agreement with, between Obama and and Newsom. And, and I'm not sure that they can that they can go with a, a you know, last time I checked, Newsom 
had not changed his gender yet and he still liked women. Um, but I think it's gonna be hard for them to have a, a straight white guy replacing um, a black woman. And it would, but he had, they don't have any other choice. There's no other candidate. I can't well, see any other candidate. I mean, if you look at the people who ran in 2016, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, there was a reason why Joe Biden was, as you said, rescued from nihilism, from nothingness, and by Jim Clyburn and promised the minority vote in South Carolina and then the momentum into Nevada because they were terrified. They looked at Kobashar, they looked at all those candidates, and they had concluded they were all mediocrities. And then they came up with this kind of brilliant idea. I got to give it to them. They used this construct of Joe Biden. They knew he was non compos mentes. And Obama had said in an interview, remember, my dream is to, would you like to be president for a third term? And he said, my dream is to phone it in from the basement. So yeah. they liked that idea that they put him in the basement. They said that it was COVID. He couldn't go out and campaign. And then it was a perfect setup. All, all Joe had to do was not fail at a geometric rate. And he has. So I don't, I think they've been through the whole group of candidates. And then they say, well, Newsom didn't run in 2016. So he wasn't one of those losers. He's young. He's in a big state. And I know that we think that's crazy because the first ad that will appear is Gavin Newsom's going to do for the United States what he did for San Francisco and California, ruined it. And I think anybody in the Republican field could beat him, but they don't think that way. They think California is paradise. Yeah. Little, little do they know. I mean, I just, uh, you drive around anywhere in, in, <laughs> in California, even in my uh, home city and, I can drive two miles, Victor, and see about 25 homeless people walking around. And then if I, you know, and there's hundreds and hundreds here in the city, and I know it's the same for you just up the road. Yeah. It's all over the place. Um, and yeah, I, so you're going to have a situation by which the time, the timeline looks like this. If Biden goes sometimes in the, ne in the next few months, Newsom is well positioned to actually really run in the primaries because he's got a shadow campaign going now. Yes. Um, there will be other people to get in the race. I think you're going to have the, uh, the governor of Michigan, the Democratic governor of Michigan, is also, I think, Whitmore um, is that her? Yeah, yeah. So Gretchen I, Whitmore, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see her as very, I don't know, effective. Well, one could argue probably more effective than Newsom, um, but you're, you know, you're talking about two very blue states, but I think you know neither one are in great shape. But California is a is a is a basket case, um, or they're going to go and use their Politburo system. Um, but Victor, there's there's leading into Biden and his health issues and the hypocrisy uh, of the left. I want to switch our switch over to Hawaii, to Maui and the tragedy that's there. Um, still no numbers, no accurate death numbers. Um, um, very mysterious as to what's going on there. You had uh, Biden who uh, didn't show up there for a long time. And Victor, I'm old enough to remember because I was in Congress when President Bush actually went to see to uh, visit uh, Louisiana, Hurricane Katrina, um, and they it was really taken out of context. They took a picture of him yep. flying over an Air Force One that didn't seem like anything nefarious to me. He was looking at the damage, um, and they just destroyed 
Bush and Cheney got wiped out and, and they never recovered. Now, no, they didn't. That was one of the first things of us. He had just been reelected. He thought he had a mandate. He was working to reform Social Security and that thing happened. And he looked out that window and then he immediately got to Washington. He got a, a big plane. He got the army in there. He wore waiters. He he pranked, he sloshed around in the mess. And then it didn't matter. Kenya West, remember, he said that George Bush doesn't like black people. Next thing, that crazy felon. And now I think he's still incarcerated. Mayor Nagan, that guy said, you know, this is they're not doing anything for us. And then the, the crooked governor of Louisiana, they all went after him. And then he ended up just giving them billions. Finally, they were giving people paid credit cards to go to the Astrodome and go to Houston. And I, I was in Texas I, right after that. And I took a taxi and the taxi cab driver was telling me of all these people who came with government credit cards from Louisiana to Texas, and they were all spending just splurging on stuff, not food or staple. And so he overreacted because he had to, but it was a complete mess. And the left gin that whole thing up that he was racist, he was insensitive. If Trump was right now president, and if Trump, the moment he heard about Maui, and he probably would have flown right there himself, he probably by now would have a huge army tent city he would have C5s landing with all sorts of staples. He would, they would still say that he was killing people and he was right. responsible. Right. Yeah. And, yet, and it would be, and, and it would be climate change and it would be because of the Trump policies yes. and conservative policies of climate change. But Victor, you and I have quite a bit of experience uh, with that here in that all the fires here get blamed on global warming. Yes. But once again, you uh, are older than me. Uh, but I'm still old enough to remember that when they used to actually go into the forest and they had fire lanes cut throughout there, we had four or five timber mills in, in our area. Uh, under the power lines, it was always cleared out. All the brush was cleared out. Well, after during the Clinton administration, they basically finished off with using the the creating these national monuments broke every single timber mill in the San Joaquin Valley here. This is where the timber came out of the Sierra Nevada mountain range near where Victor's at right now, or where Victor is in the middle of right now. And, um, and Victor, we're told that, um, that it's global warming and climate change that caused all these fires. Yet you and I can go up to all these blocked roads that are now that used to be 25 years ago, you could drive through, you could create fire breaks, you could get people in there. Um, you never had any sparks uh, fly from those wires and and catch the the brush below. Why? Because they ha they had it cleaned out. But now you can create you you can claim climate change and global warming. When Victor, I, I you know look you, like I said, you're you're a little older than me, but I think you know back in those prehistoric times, there was wind around here, right? Wasn't there wind in California that would blow yeah. those? Uh, did wind exist, Victor, before I was born? It did, but what happened before? well before you were born is we had 16 major timber. We, California was, I think, the fourth largest producer of timber. And when you went, uh, the one thing everybody complained about when I was, say, six or seven around 1960, if you went up Toll House Road to where I am now, there was just a line of logging trucks. And they, had, they were going back and forth all day long. And they were not clear cutting, they were going into the forest and selectively cutting dead trees and clearing out the brush 
There was cattle. People had grazing permits to keep the brush down. And you, when you when you hiked around here, it was a pretty clean forest, and it was thinned out. And that was the idea. And that changed under Jerry Brown uh, in the 70s, but more when he came back uh, after Schwarzenegger. And then they, they, they made it impossible to be a timber company. They shut them down. And I remember I wrote an article about it because a guy in the Department of Forestry, State Department, wrote an article for the LA Times saying this was wonderful to let the, the forest revert to its natural state that we wouldn't thin it out, that the dead trees from the drought, 60 million dead trees. And he was bragging it, and he said that this would be natural fodder for bugs and lizards and birds and enrich the forest soil as these huge trees that were dead would fall down and it would take them 40 years to rot completely. And all these animals would live in this. And I said, you're, you're going to kill all the animals because these are, this is a tinderbox. And I, I remember I wrote it for the L.A. Times. And I did a couple of interviews, mm -hmm. but they, they never apologized. They never said, we're sorry about the Aspen fire or the Paradise fire. Or, and, you know, when up here where I am now at Huntington Lake, we, I think we had 70 or 80 cabins that were burned. And they didn't want them because when the 100-year leases came up around 2012, 13, 14, Obama made it almost impossible to renew them. They increased the, the cost. And then when and they started making more and more regulations. And then when these poor people lost their homes and the fire came within 600 yards of where I'm speaking, they they charged them about fifty to sixty thousand dollars when they had lost everything to go and look at the lot and to verify that it was back to a pristine pre-1912 condition. So they had to hire a, a green company to go in and test the soil, look at and see if there was any chemical damage or melted uh, insulation or something. And they had to restore it, take out the cement slab. And a lot of people spent fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 on top of the home they lost and the wow. leases they lost. And they were happy about it. The, the Forest Service, the state was, because it thinned out. They don't want to thin the forest. They want to thin people who have cabins that are, enjoy the mountains and are, are good stewards of the mountains. They don't like those people. Well, Victor, the thing that uh, I think is really kind of troubling many Americans, uh, and, and myself included, is... You know, we, we talked, obviously, the, the Donald Trump issue, the four indictments and um, just how it, it really is makes us the laughing stock. I mean, friends of mine around the globe that, that I made when I was in, in Congress and working in intelligence agency, they're saying, you know, what the hell is going on in your country? But they really believe and want to keep the American people stupid. They believe we're stupid and they want to keep us stupid. And they do that by corrupting the Department of Justice, doing what they're doing to Trump. But also uh, just this issue in in Hawaii. Um, so, you know, we just walked through you and I just the hypocrisy of how they've used climate change and global warming. You know, we here in California, we're used to this, too, where they say that, um, you know, oh, there's no water in California because of global warming, even though, as you know, uh, San Francisco, they pipe their water straight from Yosemite National Park, pristine water that gets piped. They make all of us give out our water. So you got piped water 
going into into San Francisco, while you have all of our water that's rushing right out in the San Francisco Bay. And then they say, oh, those poor people in the San Joaquin Valley, it's all climate change. They have no water. Uh, they have the forests are burning because of all the global warming. It's all bullshit, Victor. And I, and, it, and you and I are used to it. But here's well, the problem. I, I, now, I, I, I think we're both on the shores of Tulare Lake, which we were told would never, ever come back because not only had we ruined the pristine Kern River, the Kings River, but uh, with climate change meant we were in permanent drought. And it's almost flooded the town of Cork when I drove over there not too long ago. And we've got a hundred mile lake that we haven't seen since well, the 19th century. Well, and, and yeah, Victor. So that was this last winter, which was the wettest winter since 1983. I still remember that yeah. time. And of course you remember 1969, yeah. but they blame that on global warming too. So yes. it's like every time I turn around, but, but look, this has gone full blown craziness. You have every idiot leader in Hawaii, including Biden who went over there and fell asleep. They're standing there with a straight face as over a thousand people, maybe 2000 people have died. They're not telling us how many people are dead. President took 10 days to get over there. Um, and they all stand up there with a straight face and tell the whole world, Global warming. See, this is all global warming. I mean, it's just, it's it is. outrageous. And, it's, and look, they've, they've dumbed the people down in California. Not all of us, um, but they got them all believing it. Um, and now they've, you know, they appear like the people of Hawaii are just going to go along with it too. And so that's why you have this weird situation for our the future of our Republic, where you've got normal people, working people who, you know, are the people who drive trucks, who, make things move, who grow things, build things, are saying, screw it. I'm leaving California. I'm going to Texas. Um, just yeah. I, my, Some neighbors of mine, friends of mine, just, just moved to Texas. I see it when I'm in Florida true, with True Social. True social yeah, I, 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 do, I do too. What's interesting is these left-wing people who created these problems, I was listening to the mayor on the radio today, she of San Francisco, London Breed, she's screaming and yelling at the left. She's a woman of the left. She destroyed the city, but she's saying they're going, they won't let us deal with a homeless problem. They're suing us. And when you look at a lot of people on the left, a Bill Maher or Matt Taibbi or Elon Musk, you get the impression that they understand now that they're not going to be insulated from the consequences of their own ideology anymore. That used to be that, you know, Dianne Feinstein had a, a big place, a mansion in Tahoe. Nancy Pelosi had a palatial palazzo in Napa. She still Barbara has it. She still has yeah. it, by the way. She still yeah, has it. I, I've been by it. Yeah. And Barbara Boxer has a Rancho Mirage getaway. And Gavin Newsom, I guess, had a couple of big homes. And their idea is we don't have to deal with what we created. And they all can put their kids in prep schools, et cetera, et cetera. But you get the impression now that it's so bad it's pre-civilizational. So anybody of any stature who has to go into San Francisco is a target on their back. I was there about two months ago, and I've never seen things like it when you have cars parked around Union Square, with, and they're all rolled down, Devin. The windows are all rolled down. And some mm -hmm. of them have little signs on the windshield, on the dashboard. Car on lock. Nothing of value here. It's almost like they've ceded the city over to, you know, tribal barbarism. And yeah. I, I think the elite people who created it are terrified 
that it's their Frankensteinian monster is killing the creator, them. It well, look, it can't happen soon enough. I you know I just have my <laughs> concerns, Victor, that you know until the music stops, this chaos is going to continue. I mean, at least when I drive my kids around, drive them to school, at least I can uh, you know young children, I can I can at least tell them I can point to the hundreds of homeless people and I say, look. Number one, this is what happens when you do drugs. But number two, as you said, this is like a, a prehistoric type of lifestyle that these people are living where their brains are, are, are mostly fried. I mean, sadly, I think a lot of them are, you know, either are still on drugs or did too many drugs and they're out there living like living like animals um, and they are like zombies. Mm -hmm. And, and they've taken over the whole state. I mean, this isn't like some kind of, of that there, there are just a few people out there, Victor. I and mean, this is, as you know, my city has 65,000 people in it. And we've got on any given day, four or 500 homeless people. I've got them just, just a, a few hundred yards from here. I can, I guarantee yeah. you there's, there's five of them or 10 of them just right across well, the street. Well, I, uh, to, I, to get on the 99 freeway, I have to do a clover leaf. And you look into the clover leaf, and they're homeless people in tents. And then we have the other, I mean, my biggest problem right now, living where I do, is getting a pickup and picking up trash. And I don't mean, I've never seen anything like it. I don't mean, you know, paper or cans or, I'm talking about sofas, refrigerators, wrecked cars, uh, seats shot everything and people just i guess they come out in the country and they just unload all of their trash and if you live within two miles it's just every day and so when i walk around a vineyard i can see a semi truck that's been stripped or i can see uh the other day i saw two uh a refrigerator a washer and a dryer all sitting in the orchard and mm -hmm. there's no sense. I guess what I'm saying is once you go down that route and you don't enforce the law, then the misdemeanors become felonies very quickly. It gets very dangerous because human nature being what it is. If you have no deterrence and the average California uh, Californian says, if I go out in the street, I can inject, I can fornicate, I can defecate, I can urinate, and there's no there's no consequences or I can smash and grab or loot or a person in Selma or Reedley, California says, oh, you know, my sofa, I don't want it or my refrigerator is bad. I'll just go out and dump it rather than take it. Then it snowballs. And the result is the quality of life itself for everybody is 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 radically changed. And it has. Mm -hmm. It's radically changed. Well, I was at Home Depot, my local Home Depot, and. Devon, it looks like a prison infirmary. You have to get wire. You not only can't get it on the shelf, it's locked up. But when you buy Romex, like I did last night, they have to walk with you. To, you're not allowed to put it in your, after they unlock it, you're not allowed to put it in your basket or anything. You've got shopping cart. You've got to walk with an attendant and go straight to the checkout and pay for it and go out with it because the theft well, is such. Well, Victor, there's uh, you had a great piece uh, earlier this week. I heard it on your podcast uh, talking about it earlier this week. Uh, but this new song that has captured the imagination spirit of working people, 
um, by uh, Oliver Anthony. And uh, by the way, congratulations to John Rich. I was not able to do my podcast last week. I went to Nashville for the launch of, of John Rich's song that was launched here on True Social, not song, John Rich's album um, that was the number one album in the world on Apple iTunes for the last week. So congratulations to John. But at the same time, you had this Oliver Anthony, who I think struck a chord with many of us and I think speaks to a lot of us. The press went wild and crazy. The left went crazy that you know this guy's some crazy right-wing guy um, I want to play just a short clip of his song just for about a minute or so. Um, and then I want to, but you had something very interesting that I think only you picked up. I did not pick up on it. Let's play the song for a minute and then we'll come back and we'll get your assessment of the song and other songs. Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours. For bullshit pay So I can sit out here And waste my life away Drag back home And drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Living in the new world With an home So, Victor, that song, number one, I think it's still number one. Uh, and it took you uh, to do some research. And I had not I had no idea this was the case. But uh, you were watching all the fake news uh, attack this and the left, which is the left, attack this this young man who just is singing a song that I think many of us agree with across the country. And they're really pissed off about it, um, that it's number one and it stayed number one. But, Victor... As they were attacking him for several things, um, you actually went and looked at the rest of the charts and you found an interesting song at number two. Yeah, I was wondering, well, he was number one, not just on the billboard, but every chart. But I wanted to look at the billboard, which is sort of the gold standard. What was number two? Because I thought maybe he might have some more songs. And he actually had, I think, number six and number four. But number two was the, it was F, you man all one word by a rapper hip-hop singer called gangsta and what is it it's a description of the most crude manner of sex you can imagine i can't even repeat it on the air but put it this way every perverse manifestation of intercourse is mentioned on that song Every type of misogyny and hatred of women. Grab this bitch, hit her, uh, and then it's talked scat scatatology. It talks about defecation. It talks about anal intercourse, oral intercourse. You name it. And it's chock. And it, it, the thing about it, unlike Oliver Anthony, his song went to the top, not just because of the message, but he had a great voice. And, and, this guy doesn't have a great voice. He has no music, musical ability at all. And he's a felon. So he's a convicted felon. 
and he's spouting off this horrific message for America and especially the, an inner city youth who's trying to escape this misery. And he, this thing is the number two song in America. And so then I thought, well, I'm going to go to all the venues that are attacking Oliver Anthony. So I went to the Hill. I went to uh, Rolling Stone. I went to the New York Times. Nothing, nothing. Now, anybody said a word. And yet they're going after a guy who was trying to draw uh, attention to the fact that people are really hurting. And they went after him because he said, you know, if you're five foot three and you weigh 300 pounds, you shouldn't be on welfare where people don't have any money to pay for it. But he's from Appalachia. He doesn't know any black people in Appalachia. He doesn't know any brown, very many brown people. He's talking about poor white people that he feels that are abusing the system. And yet they said he was racist without any evidence. So they, that really scared them. And then when you, you look at the, there was Justin a, uh, Aldean that wrote, you know, you try that in a small town that went viral and you collate that with the target, Anheuser-Busch, Disney pushback, then you, and you start to see that there's some type of organic thing going on that the average person has had it and the left is getting panicky because they know they don't have 51%. None of these issues that they're pushing from the border to crime, transgendered, foreign policy economy has 51%. But they always felt they control the institutions, academia, the corporation, media, Silicon Valley, professional sports, popular. And now they, they, they don't think that's going to be enough, that there's a popular pushback. And we'll see how it manifests itself politically and whether our side can take advantage of it. Yeah. I shouldn't take, just write it. I don't mean take advantage of it. Just get on the back of it and write it to a control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Yeah, well, look, that's what we do every day. True Social, working with Rumble, uh, trying to get past this, um, you know, just past this uh, period of time in history. And you, know, you hope to have the free flow of information, free speech that people can learn. I mean, I always just, it's just so... Uh, you just wonder, are the people of Hawaii going to wake up and realize it wasn't global warming? And are the people of California going to wake up and know that this is not how you have to live? Um, and you probably don't see it unless you go to these to these other states. But um, there's some signs of life, Victor. And I think that's why, you know, we, we can get this message out. I think what we've seen is as bad as this is with the mugshots of, of Trump and all of that. It's, it's backfiring on the left. The question is, can you go from where the Republicans have been um, since really, I think since, since either probably the, the election of George H. Bush um, was really the last election that uh, when, you know, he was riding on the coattails of Ronald Reagan, you did really have to go with Ronald Reagan when we probably had fair elections, media that wouldn't be manipulated. Uh, there was very few media, they were left wing, but you get a message out and Ronald Reagan was able to carry 49 States. That was the last time we won 51% of the vote. George W. Bush won 50, I think, 0.5 in 2004. But nobody has won 51% on our side. Clinton, right. I mean, uh, Clinton didn't, but Obama did. And uh, so we've got to start winning elections. Right. And we've got to start winning them at the low. We did pretty well with Obama, as you remember, state and local. But we've got to win 
state legislatures, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And we have no margin of error because if we don't do it, we're doomed. Well, well, but in my point to that, Victor, is just supposing today is far worse than everything going on right now. Far worse. The, the, the crazy conspiracies that are out there about global warming and everything else and the, and the boondoggles that we see all over here with the homeless and the drugs and the border. We haven't talked about the border. All of this combined means that anybody, I don't care if you're Donald Trump or, or, or you know, I'll, I'll leave out the, the non-Republicans that are up there like Christie and the other, the other former governor. Um, but any of those candidates, anybody, hell, I could win, Victor. You could win um, overwhelmingly if people just knew the truth. And look, that's what I try to get out here on my podcast. It's why we've created uh, True Social um, you can follow Vic, number one, get his books. Also, you can follow Victor on um, on his website, uh, victorhanson.com, and you can follow him on his podcast. But Victor, thank you so much. We have so many questions today, but I know we're out of time. You got to get back to work. Thank you. I got to get like, back to work. I thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming, coming out. And okay. don't get hurt because we're- okay, I won't. Don't get hurt. Don't be yeah. climbing up the ladder because yeah. we're supposed to have dinner next week. So yeah. I want to I see you next week in one piece. Yeah. I will. Okay. Right. Okay, care, everybody. Devin. Until next Bye. week. We'll catch you next time. Bye.